Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. I was so happy when I became born again, so excited to start my new life, and I seem to have fallen off track. I know that I've done that now a bunch off and on, and I, so my question really is, is how can I get back on track? And not just back on track, but do what I know in my heart that God is telling me to do and not get distracted. Thank you. That's a beautiful question. And it's a question and an answer that will be of help to a lot of people who are listening in. The key to getting back on track is to call upon God. Listen to this beautiful Bible verse from Psalm 86. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. But how do you do that? How do you call upon God amidst all the distractions, including the distractions of your own thoughts? We're going to be talking about it. So, here we go. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is... You can be born again. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, I want to talk about calling upon God. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Over and over again, God made it clear that he wants us to call upon him. So how do you do that? Well, let me see if I can explain it to you. It's a heart-to-heart communication. Have you ever been with someone like maybe your child or your partner, let's say your child, and you don't have to say anything. You know in your heart what's going on with your child and your child communicates with you. It's a beautiful thing. It's heart to heart. Well, you have to learn how to communicate with God heart to heart. And what that means is that though there's a place for intellect, there's no question about it. God wants us to understand things. He loves for us to to understand. And that's why he permits us to get little glimpses of what he's up to. For example, you can study math and you can study trigonometry and calculus and take delight in learning some of the marvelous intricacies of those disciplines. And you get an idea about God from calculus and from trigonometry and from geometry and from algebra. And then it's even more amazing when you see how those disciplines apply to physics, to reality, to the way things are, to chemistry. And you learn something of him. We go to a museum and we look at a painting and we honor the painter, don't we? Well, all you got to do is look at a sunset. God painted the sunset. Not only that, but he paints a new one every day. All over the world, there's a, a beautiful sunset out there. And he put the stars in the heavens and all of that. So you know all of that. But I'm just reminding you 
that when you see a sunset, when you solve a math problem, when you sense somehow that life has a purpose, and you wonder what your purpose is, you are on the verge of communicating heart-to-heart with God because you sense his mighty hand and your soul silently. Somebody once said, the cry of the soul is silent and without complaint. You silently cry out to God and he answers. It's so beautiful. Understanding the Bible can bring you encouragement by reminding you of God's promises. If you have a Bible-related question you'd like to ask Roland, call our listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. The city you're calling from and your question and Roland might play your question on a future Shedding Shackles program. Or, if you would prefer he respond to you privately, simply let him know. Now, back to Roland. But let me continue now. I began by saying that there is a place for intellect, so you understand that. He wants us to understand. He wants us to reason He wants us to be able to think and to talk. That's why he gave us the faculty of intellect. But you cannot communicate with God with only intellect. Intellect is a tool, just like words are a tool. But the realization, the understanding, and better yet, the communication, are a thing of the heart. You just know, and you know deeply. And with that kind of knowing, that wordless knowing, that silent knowing, you can also begin to sense, to know that God is there, and it's beautiful. I would like to give you an example of uh, heart-to-heart. And here's an example. Let's say you're talking with your child or your partner. And something comes up, an issue comes up, and it's one of those delicate moments. It's one of those moments where what you say can make all the difference in the world. And you stand there, and you don't know what to say. You honestly and truly want to say the right thing or do the right thing, but you don't know what the right thing is. And so you stand there. And you lift up your eyes and you, it's like you're inquiring of God. You want to do the right thing with all your heart, but you don't know what it is. You want to say the right thing, but you don't know what it is. And so you stand there and you don't say anything, but you search in your heart. And you don't want to reach for some pre-planned answer something you heard, something you memorized, something somebody said. And you stand there, and you wait, and you don't know. And then all of a sudden, something trips off your tongue, 
something trips off your tongue and it's the right thing. Or maybe you stand there and you don't say anything because nothing is given to you to say at that moment. You just stand there. That means that there was nothing for you to say. You weren't supposed to say anything. And if something comes to you, it just trips off your tongue without pre-planning. It's spontaneous and it's beautiful. It's one of those delicate moments when the soul, instead of reaching down into your intellect for something clever to say, for something to amaze them or impress them or win over them or get rid of them, you want to do the right thing or say the right thing. So instead of reaching down into your intellect, you stand there and lift up your eyes. And if nothing comes to you, then nothing is what you're supposed to say. If something comes to you, it just trips off your tongue. It's spontaneous and it's beautiful. So you see how the soul cries out to God. Have you ever wondered why when you see paintings of people who are thought to be saints, you know, like St. John of the Cross or Teresa of Avila, people like that, Brother Lawrence, you see people like that. And you see them in prayer with their eyes lifted up. And they're inquiring of God. Their soul is crying out to God for an answer. And God answers that sincere plea of the soul. But then there's more. Let's suppose that you persist and beginning to honor the truth, instead of trying to defend your pride and look good and prove something and get over on people. See, you see your own impatience, your own lack of love. You see it. You had seen it in your parents when you were a little child, and in authorities. Now you see it in yourself, and you see that it's wrong, and you don't want to be that way anymore. But you realize that you can't change yourself. See, the change comes in that moment where your being, your soul, is touched by God's light of truth. And your soul responds to it. See, a plant was made to respond to the sunlight. Likewise, your soul was made to respond to God's light. But when you ignore your intuition, when you harden your heart and refuse to admit you're wrong, or when you make excuses, or when you blame other people, you are rejecting the truth, basically. When you reject God's truth, well, that's not a good thing. So I began to say that then there's more. Let's say that you now persist in this new path of honoring the truth. Whenever you hear it, whenever you see it, let's put it that way, whenever you see the truth, you say, you wordlessly say, yes, that's true. And you don't try to deny it. You don't try to sweep everything under the carpet. And sometimes you expose yourself. Yes, I was impatient. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was phony. I'm sorry I resented you. See, you expose yourself. You're revealing that your pride is not more important than what is true. 
All right, so now you're persisting in this new path. Then you're going to discover something. You are going to discover something very beautiful and very important. It is that God forgives you. Not only do you see the truth in that moment, but then you see another truth. And that other truth is that God forgives you. It says in the Bible, God does not despise a contrite heart. So if you're sorry, which means you're responding to the light, then see, I'm making something up here just to, so you get the point. The plant responds to the sun. I'm sure we can all agree that the that plants respond to the sunlight. If the plant becomes dead, let's say a plant becomes dead. There's no water. And suddenly the plant, the leaves are all withered and they become hard and brittle. And then when the sun is still, is there, the plant can't respond to it. What does it say in the Bible? Call upon God while he is near. So God's light is always there. And when you respond to it, then that's good for your soul. You understand? So don't harden your heart. Don't become brittle and bitter. Soften your heart so that you can respond to God's truth when it is there. Listeners in New York and Vermont are getting the 15-minute program. Just go to SheddingShackles.com and you can hear the whole 30-minute program. Roland would love to hear from listeners. Let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Send him an email today to roland at sheddingshackles.com. You can also send him a letter or donation through the mail to Roland Trujillo, spelled T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, number 217, in Pinole, California, zip code 94564. Again, Roland Trujillo, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, Suite Number 217, Pinole, California, 94564. And if you'd like to just leave him an encouraging message, his listener comment line is 510-455-8851. Again, 510-455-8851. And let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. All right. So now, where was I? Oh, yeah. So now you see, you, you will see then that God forgives you. You will, you will see it, not because I say it, because you will discover that, that he does forgive you. He doesn't hold a grudge against you. He is ready to forgive. But in order to forgive, you have to be sorry. When he shows you something about yourself, when you wordlessly see in God's light that you were impatient, and you see it, and you respond to that. Instead of resenting it, you respond with, uh, what, humility? Or a sad glad, you're sad to see. You're wrong, but you're glad to see it. And you want to come clean. It's beautiful. All right, so I think you got the idea.
and you discover God forgives you, and then it's going to be easier to forgive other people when you you discover that He He has forgiven you. Christ at one point said, remember there was a nice lady who came and she began to wash his feet. And someone said, hey, well, what's going on there? And Christ said, leave her alone. He said, who is forgiven much, loves much. She had been forgiven of a lot. And she loved much, you understand? So I think you got the point. Some of us are guilty of a lot of things. We're guilty of being mean and being phony and being resentful and secretly judging people, secretly hating them, seeking, secretly comparing ourselves to them and looking down our nose at them. And We're guilty of that sort of thing. We're guilty of saying things that we don't really know if they're true or not. And we're guilty of going along, even though somehow in your heart you sense that there's, there's something not quite right about what they're telling you to do to your kids or whatever. And you secretly sense there's something not quite right about it, but you go along. So we're guilty of a lot. And the only thing that can take away that burden and restore you to rightness again is God. And so... Maybe you can see that you're not right. You see your kids are suffering. Your family is suffering. You sense something is wrong. Something is missing. Well, cry out. To, let your soul cry out to God silently. And he will answer. And the first thing you'll see is your own wrong. See, when the light dawns, first thing you're going to see is that you're impatient and you're resentful and so on. See it. Don't duck it. Don't hide from it. Don't deny it. See the truth. And then some of you, because of your wrong lifestyle, because of your angers and your rages and your seeking to, to get rid of uh, the, the symptoms from your angers and your rages and your nervousness and your tension and your impatience, you started to take drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. And then you worked yourself too much, worked too hard. You, everything you did too much. When you exercised, you exercised too much. When you ate, you ate too much. When you worked, you worked too much. See, Aristotle said moderation at all things, but you don't know how to be moderate. As, a, as an ego, defending your pride, resisting truth. See, what you don't realize is that when you are an, when you are an, a prideful ego, see, this is a little aside here, but I think, I think it needs to be mentioned. When you're an ego striving to be right and not wrong, and you want to convince everybody how right you are and how good you are, what are you doing? You're playing God. And so that attitude puts you in conflict with God. You see? Wanting to play God, wanting to be God, puts you in conflict with God. And so there has been conflict with God, conflict with your conscience. See, so you've done, you've tried to compensate for it. You've tried to make yourself look good and act good and so on. See, but it's not even natural. That's what I was going to say. As a fallen ego, still committed to pride, you're attracted to everything that's wrong. And you don't know moderation because you only are moderate if you have to be. But your ego is greedy and hungry. Your ego is hungry for love, hungry for praise, hungry for 
affirmation, hungry for, see? And people was, withheld it and uh, makes you even more hungry. And so when there's something there that can satisfy your ego, then you're greedy for it. You can't, you can't get enough of it. And when what you really want is not there, then you substitute food or alcohol or marijuana or drugs or, or exercise or some, something or other or some distraction. You can't say no to your distraction. So you got the idea. So it's all solved by finding God. Cry out, wordlessly cry out to him. So go out in the world, go about your life. Be a mom or a dad. Go to school, do exercise, go to work. Just do, do the things that you do. But in the back of your mind, you quietly, wordlessly, you, you want to find out why you're here. You want to find out the purpose for your existence. You see that you're wrong, but you realize that you, you see that you can't make yourself right. You've tried. Your self-help programs have never worked. Your New Year's resolutions have never worked. Or they worked for a while, but then you went back to the old way again. Or you, the way you tried created new problems. You just realize that you need him, him to guide you. So cry out for him. Cry out to him wordlessly. Go about your life, and then all of a sudden, when you least expect it, a moment will come. You see your own wrong. You see you're being impatient or phony, and you admit it. You say, hey, I, I'm sorry. I was, I was being phony with you. I apologize. It's beautiful. Your pride is humbled, but the truth is seen, and the other person knew the truth. What do they usually say when you say, hey, I'm sorry? What do they say? Oh, that's all right. See, they saw it. It's e see, it's easy for us to see other people's wrong, but we, it's hard for us to see our own. So now you know what to do. Find God. We're going to be talking more about that in just a moment. But first, a little announcement. Then I'm going to give you something that will help you to find God. Listen to Shedding Shackles on your phone or a mobile device. Shedding Shackles Radio is live streaming, and there's a new program every 24 hours. Call 518-896-1902. That's 518-896-1902. I promised you I would give you some help. I will give you help by giving you a couple of hints and a couple of clues. A couple of hints and a couple of clues. The first hint is you got to get out of your thoughts. See, now you spend most of your time lost in your thoughts, reliving the past and planning for the future and fantasies. You have to get out of those. Thinking has its place, but thinking could, should flow from realization. It should flow from that heart-to-heart -heart with God, not in place of it not in place of heart-to-heart -heart with God, you see? And now your thinking is in place of it. You get so lost in your thoughts that you don't know even how to find your intuition. Intuition is silent. You have to find that still, meaning quiet, voice, voiceless voice of intuition. And now your bedlam of thoughts prevents that. It's like you can't see the forest for the trees kind of a thing. 
So in order to get out of your thoughts, it's very simple. You just need a little help, and I will give you a little help with that. And the second thing I want you to see is that a heart-to-heart with another person is one thing. A heart-to-heart with God is more like a child with a parent. God is your spiritual parent. And so you wait upon him, and then he answers. You call upon him, and he answers. And sometimes, often, he gives you gifts. He gives you gifts. Realizations, insights, understanding, which is both a delight and a protection. So what's a simple way to get out of your thoughts? Well, I would like to suggest that the little meditation that I have, the free one, is uh, very nice for getting out of your thoughts. All you have to do is sit quietly. As a matter of fact, when you're sitting quietly somewhere, not when you're driving or, you know, working, but when you're sitting in your living room on your sofa or you're sitting on your back porch or you're lying in bed or you're sitting quietly somewhere in a park, you can close your eyes and look at the little pixels of light on the inside of your eyelids. Watch those little pixels. Watch those delicate patterns of light. But when you do that, you're out of your thoughts. You're back in the present. Then you can become aware of your fingertips, maybe of your right hand, or both hands, but let's say your right hand. As you're sitting there quietly, maybe with your hands in your lap, just become aware of your fingertips. Feel them tingle a little bit. Now, as you're sitting quietly, with your eyes closed, looking at the inside of your eyelids, you watch the little pixels of light, the patterns of light, the glow of light on the inside of your eyelids. And at the same time, you're aware of your fingertips, so they tingle a little bit. And it's that simple that gets you out of your thoughts. Then you go out in the world and something is imparted to you in those moments when you are sitting there quietly, as I have said, something is imparted to you and you take it into the world with you and you will begin to discover that you will have more insights, more understanding, more patience, just a little bit at first, but then more and more and more. If you persist in this path of wanting to know the truth and sitting quietly and calling upon God, sitting quietly and waiting upon God, and he answers with insights, with understanding, and with various gifts, it's beautiful. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.